Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for the latest Courageous Conversation and I'm really excited to share this one with all of you. I am with Brooke Flint from Flint Property. Hey Brooke, how are you? Great Leanne and thank you for having me on. I really enjoy listening to your podcast so it's an absolute pleasure to be a part of it today. Thank you so much. Now your business is a buyer's um, agency, right? Sure. So my, I'm a buyer's advocate for the advocate. Melbournians or okay. agents. Yes. Yeah. Um, also like to call myself a property advisor as well because okay. that's the way that I see it moving forward. Yeah, yeah totally. But that's not what we're here to talk about. What, no. what we're here to talk about is Head Start Homes. So can you just tell us a little bit about what Head Start Homes is all about? So Head Start Homes was an idea that started with the, the CEO and founder, Stephen Woodlands, uh, probably about five years ago now. So he's a gentleman that grew up in social housing himself. He saw his mother basically raise uh, his children, you know, raise the kids and put the kids through the best education. And then through doing that, not being able to buy her own property, then he's a lawyer and he worked at the banks and he started seeing that because he'd seen what a good mother and role model she is. And she um, had a good job from memory, right? She did. She was yeah. a nurse. A nurse yeah. and she was, um, you know, she was also studying, you know, social work at the time. So yeah. she had a good job. She was, uh, you know, in, in stable employment. She was a good mother. And he realised that the only barrier that she couldn't buy a house was because she couldn't save for a deposit, right. you know. And so... You know, why should she be impeded by that? So when he got into banking, he started seeing that there were these loans that the banks have called the, you know, the loans that mum and dad help the kids with, that they use their own equity essentially to help their children. Yeah. So what about if we could start a charity that we could actually set up a trust fund for um, other people so they could buy a property with that equity they don't actually get their hands on that equity but it's held in a trust basically and it just means that they don't have to save that massive deposit themselves and that also means from memory that they don't have to worry about mortgage insurance which is really super expensive right huge huge i mean this end of the market you know we're basically talking under four hundred thousand. So they're getting the stamp duty off. Yeah, I agree. The mortgage insurance is, is huge anyway. But the barrier is actually the deposit. So for either even a $400,000 property, you know, a 10% deposit might mean they pay mortgage insurance as well. Yeah, so how do you sure. save that, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's almost impossible. And you've just gone through the experience with Charlene, right, the um, very right. first person to buy a, uh, a property through this program. So tell us about Charlene's story and how that all unfolded. So essentially how we find our clients is through um, these social housing, community housing organisations. So places like Baptist Care, they will send us a list of people that have been good tenants, okay? Okay. So so there was a list of three people that were sent to the board and I am on the board of Head Start Homes. And uh, Charlene's story uh, really got to everybody. She's 31 years old, mother of three. She was homeless three years ago. You know, she got into social housing three years ago and that started changing her life. She got a job with the community housing provider. So she works there looking after the tenants there and she was just really good on paper. So what happens from there is uh, there's a financial literacy program where we really educate the clients about saving and she started saving her money. So part of, part of this is that it is really about the person that's got to tick those boxes with the bank. 
Sure. They're not given anything. Like they sure. have to actually save the money, yeah. be good tenants. and They've earned the right by through their behaviour to get this opportunity. A hundred percent. So yeah. so that started in January this year. Stephen and I drove up to Port Macquarie to meet her yeah. and she was like a deer in the headlights. Oh, I man. mean, even the first time I spoke to her, she was like, she had to get off the phone. I, I, really, I really saw that there was such a block of, of self-worth. Well, I would imagine, I mean, it's really hard for, for kids trying, you know, I was having this conversation with my 20-year-old 20, 20 nephew a couple of weeks ago about, you know, what you've got to do to actually get into the property market. And for a lot of kids, you just, you just think, oh, it's too hard. I'm never going to be able to do that. So I would assume a 31-year-old single mother with three children would think that it would just not even occur to her that it'd be a possibility. I agree. I think, you know, I agree with the, with the 21-year-old like your nephew as yeah. well, and I don't want to make any assumptions about who his parents are or anything like that. But, you know, she came from a family where home ownership just doesn't happen yeah. and that there's a survivor mentality there. And yeah. so beyond even the unaffordability for the average 21-year-old, there is just a, a huge, like there's just that, no, nah, this is never, wasn't even in her it's radar. Not part, yeah, it's not part of her world. Nobody, no, she probably, no. nobody in the family probably owned a home. No, no never, no, no, nobody no. Owned, owned a home in the family. So it just wasn't. Wow. So, so for that to happen, so she was so like, you know when maybe you know we could imagine if somebody rang you up and said that you've won the lotto and you'd still you just wouldn't. Well, I dream for those phone calls. So do I. You know we wouldn't be having this. Comp- we'd we'd be off. You know on our holidays if we could have one right now. <laughs> but look, we, we we you know we all sort of dream about that. But if we can imagine like getting that phone call and and meeting her and and she was just almost fearful then because then she started to really engage with this idea that it was going to be possible and it could be taken away from from her. So the first part of the journey was like I've created this property coaching program. So it's about getting people into the headspace and the mindset that they are going to be able to be what I call buyer ready. So unbeknownst to the clients at the time, I'm getting them to do things like I would with my clients in Sydney. I want you to go through a list of these properties um, we have a Google Doc sheet that we start. I do some briefing beforehand about what to look for. So they're looking at aspect and walls and, and they're starting to really um, create a dialogue around what, are, you know, the houses instead of just sort of like that, that's a house with four walls. But, you know, what's the aspect? Could I pull down a wall here? You know, what's the street like? It, it's basically that idea of creating words around what you're doing you know yeah. that there's that what's that saying about the Eskimos have a have hundred words for the word snow right. and this, this is part of education is sure is is getting somebody to that point you know where that they start being confident we yeah. noticed early on there was a bit of um like argy-bargy with some of the agents and and her own self-belief with the way that she was being treated oh, even really? when she went through the home so we had to deal with some racism um, early on, which was astounding, and um, that's horrifying, isn't it? Yeah. So there are those, there are those um, conscious biases as well of some of the sure. pe- people, like agents, thinking, "Well, you can't afford you a can't house. Afford it. Yeah. What are you doing?" So we got through all of that, and COVID hit. Um, COVID, I tell you. Yeah, and so we had to be, uh, as we all did, I mean, you were doing some great work around educating our community, but nobody really knew because it was unprecedented. Yeah, it was. We that word again, do we? Yeah, this totally, year? no. <laughs> so we had to get through that. So that sort of, that was, 
you know, really, I think I really didn't think she thought it was going to happen. And from somebody coming from a trauma background and COVID, that really unsettled her a lot. Bet, yeah. Um, so, so there was a lot of baking going on, a lot of chatting still. <laughs> um, we found a property for her that, again, I saw something in her that was that disbelief again where it was well under budget but it didn't have in the backyard what she always really dreamt about which was having a pool for the three kids yeah right so talked her out of that one and um then found something off market for her and uh, i had a lot of backlash from agents because i'd created a database that we weren't going to be able to find what we wanted in budget but we got there and then, I mean, I sent you the video, but on the yeah. day, I mean, there were a lot of tears. And she- oh, can I, So talk me through that, um, that day. She's found the property. You've negotiated the price. It's finally hers. That day was a career highlight, I say. Okay. In the sense of being able to give back to, I feel, a segment of the population that really needs it. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a lot of uh, women yeah, single mums, sure. Indigenous women, women that have got kids that are disabled. So it, it, it was amazing to be able to use that experience. And on the day, so she still didn't believe it was going to happen. We had a dinner the night before with a, a few of the people from the board and she was, again, she kept thinking that this is not going to happen. And then when I handed her the keys, I mean, her body just like shook as mine did as well, like was, this is, this is mine, this is, this is actually going yeah. to be my home. And so I could see her whole body go from this very tense, you know, survivor woman to this relaxed state of like the biggest smile on her face. Yeah, it was just, I felt so grateful to be able to be a part oh, of her journey. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. So what was it that led you to wanting to be involved in a program like this? So, look, my own story is that my parents were in social housing for about six months when I was born due to my dad's antics. And um, by the time my mum was the, you know, the very, the, the one that, you know, wanted to buy the family home and do all that. So we bought a family home when I was about six or seven. And then they divorced when I was 14. He wasn't the greatest father. And um I was happy about them divorcing, to be honest. Mm. And then my mum made a mistake in the sense of we moved up the coast, she bought a house and we hated the school that we went to. And mum was very much about her kids and us and our education. We both went to selective schools back in Sydney and she said, she said okay, we'll move back to Sydney. And when we did that, she couldn't sell that house. So we had to live, like my brother and I had to live in a two-bedroom unit in Sydney while she sold that house and then she bought uh, like a small villa so in my high school HSC and year 10 I had to live in a share a bedroom with mum and then mum gave us the bedroom in our HSC year but it was just the shame of like having you you know I'd had a family home and then having your friends come over and you're living in a two-bedroom place and I know it's not what Charlene went through but I always remember thinking and it's why I'm a buyer's agent today and why I want to help people today is I I do believe I could have helped mum a lot more about buying a three-bedroom house (laughs) you know and I think that her survivor mentality and her just trying to do the right thing by her kids 
led to that. So yeah, it does explain why you're a buyer's agent and a, and a property advisor, as you like to call it, because she probably didn't have anybody helping her make those decisions that were right for her. And as you said, with Charlene, she found something she thought that would be good for her, but you were smart enough to know that it didn't actually tick all of the boxes and there would be something better out there. So I completely understand why you've gone down that path. That makes sense. Yeah, and I'm, I think that I'm a huge advocate for helping women that have been in situations of domestic violence yeah, and, sure. you know, I experienced that myself as, as a child. So for mm-hmm. me, being able to give back to that part of the community and, and help others, you know, not only what I realised, Leanne, which was the real cherry on top in this process was this wasn't just about housing. This was about a woman going from being a victim to being a woman that was empowered. And And that just changes the cycle for her children and for the other people um, in her community and in her family because they have gone from nobody being able to afford a house, that's never going to happen, to all of a sudden, my God, did you see what Charlene's been able to do? And if it's possible for Charlene, then it's possible for them too, right? Well, that's where it comes to the ripple effect. And interestingly, yeah. so how, how this all works is that, you know, she's got three kids, so that's the four of them living in the home. And, by the way, she sent me the happiest of little videos. She's painted the walls. What do you think about the colour book? She's put the how paintings gorgeous. up, you know. Oh, so she's just, she's just said, I couldn't be happier, right? And then the people that, so because she works in community housing, she got to make that phone call to the woman that got her house oh really how good is that yeah and you know like she loved that house she loved that stability and there's a lot of bias about people in social housing as well and that actually say so that was four people that we bought for like the her and the three kids and there were six people so there's a woman that lost her five children because she didn't have a home that are now rehomed as well so you've got so she got her kids back because she got her she got her kids back because charlene bought a house there's 10 children and women and and boys that have seen their mothers instead of treated terribly They've, they've seen their mother be empowered and be a strong female role model. And I think that that in itself, that, is, that potentially can shift society on a level that we're not even aware of yet. Yeah, totally. I completely you know, agree. That boys see a woman being treated, that boys see a woman take charge, take control yeah. of their life. Yeah. Um, and not be a victim to to pretend, you know to violence or anything else, you know. Yeah, it's such a great story. And I assume that once Charlene pays um, enough equity down, then the money that was used to help her will go to help another person. Hundred percent, yeah. and that's the beauty of the business model, and that's yeah, yeah. where my um, that's why I'm on on the board as well. Is a lot of my guidance and advice is around. Look, I'm not just here to you know, for the capital growth to Head Start Homes because it's capital growth for our clients is going to be amazing as well. Yeah. However, it's part of the business model that, that when we can get that money back out and give that to another client, mm. um, it, it keeps carrying on. So the compound impact, like we're looking at, we're projecting it helping, you know, I think about up to 40 people in the next couple of years, but you can see that that was 10 people we just helped uh, yeah, apart from all of the friends. Yeah. yeah. Apart from all the friends and family yeah. that have been impacted by that as well. So yeah, it's, That's it's amazing. Yeah. So tell me about the um, Give One, Grow One initiative. So the Give One, Grow One initiative is for anybody that's got a small business. And I, I got this idea of when I was doing KPI, keep 
uh, person of influence and this guy called Paul Dunn. And it's this idea of giving for little things in your business. So rather than at the end of the day, and, and not that I'm knocking this in any way, but at the end of the day, some of the corporates will give out those big checks yeah. and we see it all, but does it really touch us anywhere? Does it penetrate our hearts? Not really sure. This one is about doing little things each day and each week and putting that towards a charity or somebody else owning a home. So it might be if you've got a Google review, it might be if you've got, you know, your five, five listing presentations that you needed to get this week. Yeah. It might be that you reached target. It might be that you, you bought a property and then that is given to, to Head Start Homes. You could even sponsor a person as well. But yeah. there, we put all of that money into the trust to actually help people buy property. So that's not used for any of the admin and no. we're really clear about that. So people can help. And, and the other beautiful butterfly effect of all of this land is not only does it help that person buy the home, but there's a raise of consciousness when we actually start thinking about other people and not just our own totally. at the end of the day. So in your own business culturally, if, you, if people are finding that they're, there is a culture of a bit of me, me, me or, you know, not as shared, these things actually shifts the level of consciousness because we're all working towards a shared goal. Towards something, yeah. And so, approximately, I mean, I know it depends on the price of the property and all of that sort of stuff, but approximately how much money was needed for Charlene to actually buy? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great question, actually. So, the, the house was 385000 I don't mind disclosing that to you. And, yeah. you know, it was probably a $400,000 house, which was yeah. great. Um, and so, we put 20% towards that. <laughs> just under eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> just under eighty thousand dollars, but yeah. it could be less. Like we're gonna, we're starting an Adelaide initiative, and so the houses there. I mean, you can buy houses there for, you know, two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand. So that's great. And the, the client I'm currently working with as well has saved up like twenty thousand dollars or wow. something like that. So again, from being a part of that financial literacy program. So yeah. Exciting. That is so good. It is such a fantastic initiative. I remember um, how moved I was when, when you and Stephen came into my office. It was probably two or three years ago now. It was 2017. Do you know it was actually, unfortunately, I, it was almost to this date because one of my friends died the next day. Oh, heavens. Which I know is a bit of a, like, you know, sorry, I hate to sort of, but, yeah. you know, but, but that's how it's October the 2nd. And funnily enough, like I remember meeting you and that happening, went out for dinner, yeah, that, that so. happening the next night. So it's actually yeah, been so three, three years since we spoke. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Thanks. Well, I'm so excited that it is actually up and running and you've got plans to scale it into other states. If anybody wants to know more about it or uh, more about how they can help or get involved, how can they contact you? So Head Start Homes is a great platform, which is our website, .org.au. Uh, there's all sorts of ways of giving this videos. We're just releasing the first like proper movie that we shot, which is a bit more artistic than the one I sent you, Leanne, yeah. about the journey of Charlene. So yeah. that should be across some socials. And go to Head Start Homes yeah, and those videos will be on there as well. And, yeah, thank you for your support as well, Leanne, yeah. and, and your leadership in the industry. It's um, throughout COVID and the rest, you've been such a... A great leader so you well, know. thank you thank you very much I really appreciate it and congratulations again for everything that you're achieving I will uh, watch what happens next with great interest thank you thanks right. Leanne take care you too bye